This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. guest speaker uh, this afternoon, this evening. Um, tell you one one way to express uh, at least how I personally feel when uh, Rabbi Kiffel called me to ask me to make an appointment for Rabbi Lopiansky to speak. I spoke about having come at night. That was the original request, if I remember correctly. But I wanted to make sure that he came at a time when I'm typically here so that uh, I could hear it as well. I always have tremendous hanor. I'm listening to uh, Rabbi Lopiansky. He's uh, a wonderful speaker, Chashiva uh, Rosh Yeshiva, Rosh Yeshiva of the uh, Yeshiva Gadolim, Greater Washington. Therefore, it's a big honor and big privilege for us, as in most years, to have uh, Rabbi Lopiansky uh, address the Yeshiva this afternoon. It's special to come here to see. I've known Rabbi Zumitz for a very long time from the very inception of Yeshiva. The ability to take Bachrim and to work one at a time and each Bachrim develop in his unique way um, is really, really um, incredible. I, um, once, I, I was once waiting for a bus on the, on the road from Tel Aviv to Haifa. Uh, kind of at an odd station over there, and there was a, I guess a beachcomber for the best of description, was selling stuff that he carved out of wood. And there was, he was, he looked like he had been, had it say smoking and inhaling. But, but he had a, a, he had a certain depth of, uh, the pieces were beautiful, were gorgeous. And I asked him, like, had you carved these out? And he said, Nebrit, he said, Kol which means every piece of wood has an ashama. You've you got to get a feel what the piece of wood wants to be, and then you just make it. And it was kind of a little spacey, but, but it, you know, but the pieces were gorgeous, and they really were like that. And I get the feeling, you know, the ability to see each buff of what his needs are, how to bring the best out, how to shape. It's an amazing ability, and selfish maya. And the best Hashem, you should make the most of yourselves and realize your full potential. I wanted to speak a little bit, Mishpatim has very interesting 
um, division of parishes. There are a lot of, lot of long halachas. All sorts of mishpatim, dinimamanis, and sort of mundane activities. The halachas that really make up most of what we learn. It finishes with a parsha that should have actually been um, at the end of Yisrael. It says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu told Moshe, you go up, um, and Moshe should come close to Hashem. Um, Moshe told everybody all the laws with the Mishpatim, which was what we learned, and everybody said Nasa. And then Moshe wrote it down, and he, he then took blood, he brought Karbanis, and he put half the blood on his bear, half the blood on the people. He took the Sefer Torah, which is called Sefer Abris, and then he was Zorik the, bra- the Dam, and he says, This is the Dam Abris. So the first time that Torah is called Abris is over here. It's a covenant. Um, it should have been th- the right order, logically, we would think would be at the end of Yisrael. And yet, it's at the end of Mishpatim. Mishpatim are the laws of the Torah. It's not part of Maimed Ar Sinai. It says it was given at Sinai. But we don't find anything in the Mishpatim. All Tariq Mitzvahs should be listed. So I'd like to try to get a sense of why the bris of Torah is especially after Mishpatim. I want to go back to the beginning of Mishpatim and look at a Rashi. Even the people that are slow in being Mavis said, you probably have done the Rashi already. Rashi says, I should toss them with name, you should put it down in front of them. Don't think that I'm going to teach them two or three times until they sort of have it sort of like a that they can just say it like this. I won't explain them the reasons of Yerushai. Like a table that's ready to eat and, and for the person. If we read back Rashi to ourselves in English and get a sense of it, Rashi seems to be um, the, 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 the juxtaposition of the two things seem to be out of killed completely. Let's take an example. Let's, let's use the same word something else. I tell somebody I'm leaving a baby to babies to a babysitter, and I tell them, "Listen, the baby's got to eat, but it's not enough to feed and put the spoon in the mouth and make sure it eats it. You have to make sure it's tasty, and the baby can take the food." One second. The goal is to make sure it eats it. The other way, the sentence would read right. If I come along and say, "Listen," um, you can't leave my junior by the plate to eat and expect that he's going to sit and eat. He doesn't do that, he runs off. You make sure it's in his mouth and preferably sort of strip it in and make sure he's eating it. That sentence makes logic, it's logical. But the other, the other direction is not logical. The other direction is I say it's not enough to push it down his mouth and make sure he's eating it, but you also have to make it tasty and sit down in front of them. That, that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Rashi says, I, I tell you, I, I, let's say somebody's teaching. So, I, so, so let's use that same structure. I tell somebody, you know, it's not enough to say a good shear and a nice shear and everything. 
you've got to make sure they have the material down. You sit down and have him give it back to you. Make sure he knows it. Make sure he knows about pet. Okay, that sentence makes a lot of sense. But let's say I, I flip the sentence around and I say, it's not enough to make sure they know the material. Make sure that it's interesting and appealing and, and, um, and that when you give it over. Well, the tachlis is to make sure they know it. So what's the point? Making material appealing is one way to get the kids to know it. Another way is to take a big stick and crack it on the head. It, it's a question of, of, of technique. But the end result is that you want the, the, the person, the Talmud, to really know it. So what does Rashi mean? It's not enough. And he gives a marshal. He says, don't put it in their mouths. He says, It would be the other way around. So I, I, so I really think that we, we don't really understand Pshat and Rashi well because we're reading it wrong, I think. Let's, um, let's take a, a Chazal. The Chazal say that when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Sinai, at Sinai, the Luchos were six Tvachim. Two were being held in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands, so to speak. Two were being held in Moshe Rabbeinu's hand, so to speak, and two in the middle. What it means when we try to bring into words that are meaningful to us is that Torah has two components to it. For instance, if I tell you something that is so clear and it makes so much sense that it, you, you understand it immediately, you will maybe say it over my name just to give me credit, but you really feel you don't have to. It's obvious. It's obvious. I don't. I don't know how. To, I don't know how. I, I didn't think of it myself. That's one type of understanding. A different way of, of knowing something is. Um, I'm not sure why it's like that. I'm not sure what he meant, but he said so, and I guess I need to rely on what he said. Those are two ways which which can evaluate information that's come to us, ideas, understandings. It's, I heard it from you, but it's so clear and it's so simple that it's mine, or it's yours. Either one of the two doesn't leave room for the other. It's either mine or it's yours. Either I understand that it makes sense to me, and I'm just kind of giving you, acknowledging you because it's the mentional thing to do, or it's yours, and I'm just repeating it because I think you know what you mean, but that's it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted Torah to be a bond between Klal Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And just like to create a bond between two entities, you need to have both of them stuck together on the same thing. If I glue two things together, and the glue works well for one of the two, but not for the other of the two, you don't have a bond there. The glue holds the two, it grabs one piece of wood here, and one piece of wood here, and that's how the pieces are glued together. Torah is meant, besides being a, a, a safer telling us what to do, how to do, but the learning of it is meant to bond a person to HaKadosh Baruch and you need two elements for that. One element is 
that I need the Torah to be clearly a Kaddish Baruchus. Which means there are parts of the Torah that I'll never, ever, ever really understand. I, I was recently, I did, uh, last week I was doing a question and answer session with kids at the University of Maryland. They're kind of modern Orthodox kids and um, that, that, you know, they're exposed to a lot of things and, and really grapple with a lot of things. And someone asked me about some halach or something. And I said, let me first start by telling you, whatever explanation I'll give to you is not fully satisfactory. It's not fully satisfactory to me. It's never going to be fully satisfactory to anybody. Because if it would be fully satisfactory, then God's added a picture. This on the part of Torah and the part of halachas that I have an understanding, an appreciation, but it's not me. Would I have said that? No. But Hashem said that, and this piece is where Hashem is holding on to that Torah, so to speak. On the other hand, if the Torah was just Hashem's, and there's nothing in there that is me, then it's wonderful, but it doesn't bond you. It's, it's just like the type of friend we look. If you ask yourself, what type of level of a person do you bond with? If the person is much brighter than you, it's a Rebbe, it's not a friend. If a person is less bright than you considerably, you're a Rebbe, and you, you do a lot of chesed with the person. But you don't bond. You bond when you have somebody that you have enough give and take, mentally and emotionally, that it's a two-way relationship. You know, he opened my eyes to this, and I think I really gave him to understand that. I helped him cope with this, and he helped me cope with that. When you have two ends being held on, that's when you have bond and relationship. There's a second part of Torah, and that part of Torah is where we come in. And it's something where if we don't really, really understand it, then we don't have that part of Torah. For, let's, let's see if somebody says it before-ish. The Rambam in Shemona Prokim raises the following philosophical question. Is a person supposed to do mitzvahs because God said so and that's it? Or is a person supposed to do mitzvahs because he understands it to be true? For instance, if I were to ask somebody, are you allowed to go and pickpocket? And we'd say, no. Is the correct answer because Hashem said so? Or is the correct answer because it's wrong and in the most fundamental way I believe that? Which is, which is the right there? So the Rambam Mishmona Prakim, being that the Rambam is a true brisker, says this to Dinim. The Rambam says, on the mitzvahs that are chok, and which most of them are the Ben Adam Lamakom type mitzvahs, a person is supposed to say it's a Mephorisha Mishnah, Braisa. And Al Yema Adam, a person shouldn't say Efshi A person shouldn't say that that trefa stuff is disgusting. A person should say it's appetizing, but Akash Baruch has decided it's not good. That's the right attitude. That's the halachic attitude towards those things. On the other hand, um, if it comes to mitzvahs that are full on the mishpat in general, then mishpatim should be understood with seichel. A person should understand that damaging someone else is wrong in a way that is axiomatic to him. 
And that's the Shlemus. And that's and he brings a Pasik in, in, in he brings a Pasik in uh, Mishle that a, a, a Russia is not only somebody that does bad, but somebody who thinks bad. Somebody whose attitude is not right is not fully a tzaddik. A tzaddik in the world of Chok is a, is someone who says this is what Hashem wants and and uh, you know and, and it's his will that, that governs me. And a tzaddik in Mishpatim is someone that says it is it is wrong in the most fundamental way that I could possibly that, that I could that I could possibly put my hands around. So we have two parts of Torah. One part is there for Akarish Baruch Hu to hold on to, and that's the bonding part where Akarish Baruch is holding on to it. The second half <coughs> is the part that's there for us to sink our teeth in and to become part of us. In, in, in a way that we that that it's our bond. That's what Rashi says. Yisro deals with those mitzvahs. We pay another Lamako mostly and it's and it's and it's that type of thing. Akashbal came from Sinai and he thundered and said, This you shall do, this you shouldn't do. And then it says Rashi's words are precise. It's wrong to hazard those mitzvahs and Put them in their mouths, because if you put it in their mouth, you don't have. Where's the kids? When you feed a kid by stooping in his mouth and pushing it down, then he's been fed, but he hasn't eaten. He's not doing any eating. He's being fed. It's like when you, it's like when you're being given a, a, through a tube, Rachmanatzlan. When you intubate it and just going down a tube, so the child is not doing any eating. Um, the 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 Rashi says no. Don't be tossing befehem. Don't put it in their mouths. Don't teach it them because if you teach mishpatim by rote, then the kid never makes it his because that which gets pushed into you doesn't become yours. You need to put it down in front of him so that the kid takes it and picks it up himself, chews it himself digested himself. So, so Rashi reads perfectly. Rashi says, don't think that this part of Torah you yotze by just ramming it down so that they know it. It's not the knowing that's important. It's the process of breaking their heads and beginning to understand it. I would like to also add a little tam. The word tam, it says they should give them the tam, the reasons. The, the word tam is also critical for somebody to eat something, if you ever taste something that's tasteless, I guess it's, a, it's an oxymoron to taste something that's tasteless, but, but if you ever try these other tastes, it's very difficult. E- eating styrofoam is difficult. And, and, and people, God forbid, who are sick, who are very sick, and they lose taste, they can't, they, you can't force them to eat because it's tasteless. There's no appetite. Tam, in its, both in its meaning, in, in literal meaning of taste and food, and tami advar, which is the thing, which is the piece over here, is the is 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 the vehicle for a person to be able to to go to it himself and to and to the, and to chew it and to digest it. So we're speaking here the, the bris of taira. Taira has in itself a bris, and that's the end of mishpatim. In order to enact that bris, 
it needed two halves. Every bris is, cuts things into two. My part and your part, together it's one. It, it was displayed by the two agonos. There were two vessels filled with blood. One was a zrika, a carbonus was a zrika and Yisrael. Torah became called Sefer Bris because in the Shlemus of Yisrael Mishpatim, you had both ends of it. You had the sense of Hashem, yet, and yet Klaishol says. I'd like to apply it a little bit if we ask ourselves, what are our goals in Yeshiva? We spend X amount of years in Yeshiva, and even people, you know, people growing up, did you, you spend a chalik of, of your life in Yeshiva. And you ask ourselves, how can we best describe the goals? And the answer is, the goal is to learn not only for knowing, but it's more important for creating that bris with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To create that bris, you need to be constantly aware of two pillars, sometimes even contradictory, but unless we have them both in place equally, we don't have that bris. One is the recognition of Torah as being Hashem's. And understanding that no matter how much we will think about it and know and understand, what, what, just because we don't understand is not a reason for it to be not right. Not understanding is not proof of anything. We start by accepting that this is Dvar Hashem. And that's where we have a Kaddish Baruch in the Torah. Every time we take a Sefer, we say, this is anchored in what our Kaddish Baruch Hu wants. And therefore, we accept it as evidence as that. But what good does it do to anchor it in our Kaddish Baruch Hu if we don't have our own anchor in it? Sitting and breaking our heads and learning to try to understand it and to try to develop our own Havana and Tfisa in as much as we can is the other end of that bris. The other end of it is when you break your head on a Gemara and you chew up the material and you try to understand it and you understand it, that's when you've created the second bris. The, 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 the purpose of learning the way we do it in, in, in the yeshivas is to learn in a way that it's us. We understand it so well that in a sense we could have said, yeah, it's obvious. Those things seem contradictory, but they're not contradictory because they relate to two different, two different elements, two different halves of Torah. One is the chelik of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and one is the chelik of us. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should help us that we use the time well and that, that we put both pillars in place. The pillar of acknowledging that our seichel is not the final arbiter of Torah, that at the end of the day, even where my seichel fell short, it's emis because it's emis and, and tough luck that I don't understand it. And the parts of Torah that I have a hard time understanding, that's where Kodesh Baruch exists. And the second half is that as we develop a taste of learning, the key word that was hammered into us when we were learning was to get a geschmack of learning, to, 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 get a, to, to begin to enjoy the process. That gives it its taste 
and that gives it its flavor, and that allows it to become part of us. And when we have both two together, the Torah becomes a safer habris. It becomes a bond of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the, 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 the most powerful bond that we have at HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and the most lasting. Matzlach. Yeah.